Welcome to the Crap and the Crazy with Tash Critter. Tash owns Little Wooden Toy Box and is mother of two teens, both with autism, ADHD and PDA. Ten years in early intervention, working with the kids' OTs, speeches and psychologists has given Tash unique insight into understanding difficult behaviours and why they occur, as well as understanding how emotional regulation and sensory input impacts us and our behaviour. This insight has helped Tash design and implement resources and coping strategies to make home life calmer and more organised. Join Tash as she talks about day-to-day life with autism, the sucky bits and the wins, plus tips for enjoying life despite the challenges. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the very first episode of The Crap and the Crazy. I cannot guarantee what is going to come out of my mouth, no matter how much I plan. So let's just go with it. In this episode, I wanted to give you a bit of background on who we are, what we do, what I do um, for business as well. And yeah, so my two kids are now almost 13 and 15, both diagnosed with autism ADHD and PDA. So the the ADHD and the PDA has only just recently been added to the mix. I'm still learning um, about these and then about how each diagnosis kind of represents and where they overlap. And this is super fun for parenting. PDA is really difficult. This one is excessive demand avoidance, which I had no idea what I was dealing with. But once we started looking into it, it has just answered so many questions and it really does help as far as parenting goes. I'm not going to go into that in this episode, but I will cover it later. Um, From, you know, everything I cover in here is from a parent's point of view. We're up to something like 670 hours, I think, in early intervention. So this is where for most of the sessions, this changes as they get into teenage years. But for most of the sessions over the last 10 years, I've been in there with the therapist. So this has really added to my knowledge base, I suppose. Um, I have my background in teaching as well. I didn't end up in the classroom. I was eight or nine months pregnant, I think, when I graduated with my boy. And then, yeah, ended up on the whole ASD journey. So my hope, I guess, from this is to let you know that you're not alone in those in those early years where you just don't fit in any fit in anywhere. So you know, at playgroup for my boy, he was there licking the brick wall while the other kids were playing, and you know, you you don't know like why is my kid doing that. So look, hopefully from this and you know the stories that we tell, which. You know, you'll get bits and pieces over the last 10 years. Some, I'll chuck in some good old teenage stories. Uh, my miss, my girl, this morning, this morning, passive aggressive, did not want to talk to me and was sitting there with her breakfast. So she's got yogurt. She likes yogurt and muesli for breakfast. So she got it all out, got everything. She's all good. She gets a steak knife and she's she's rubbing around the edges of the the yogurt tub with a steak knife. So I thought, oh, she's just scraping down the edges. So I get her a spatula kind of cake bowl thing to scrape out the bowl when you're making cakes, yeah? So I give that to her. And I didn't realise till this point because I was facing the window doing dishes and she was directly behind me. I didn't realise she'd been glaring at me this whole time. So she wants something, yeah? But she doesn't want to tell me what it is because she's angry at me. I don't even know what I've done wrong, but that's just standard. So, yeah, then once I realise, I'm like, do you need a spoon? And she still doesn't want to talk to me. So 
I get her a spoon. And yeah, she needed a spoon. She was just angry and being passive aggressive. And yeah, yeah. anyway, sorry, that's probably got nothing to do with ASD. That's welcome to teenage years. Anyway, so yes, don't mind me going off on a tangent. I suspect that's going to happen a lot. So going back to those early years, uh, my boy was diagnosed at three and a half years old. Everyone told us that my girl was just copying and I knew she wasn't because it you just know as a parent, and that's something that I want to say as well, stick with your gut. And yes, you do need to go through seasons and see things out. But if it's your gut instinct that something's not quite right, follow that. Yeah. Because she wasn't copying and girls present very differently from boys. So for example, my boy was the drop and scream. So he actually communicated really well, just not with words in the early days. So he would life with him up until four or five was three hours of screaming, 20 minute breaks. And in those 20 minutes, you managed to find something that would set him off again. And that was the next three hours of screaming. And this just went on and on and on. And then having my girl, so she was born two years younger. She actually started talking at eight months, but this was during the height of my boys' meltdowns and screaming and everything else. And actually watching her stop talking and not progress over I think it was an 18 month period that was really hard to watch and then as a parent you kind of are putting out the biggest fires first which was my boy in the screaming because you just could not function in that house with him screaming that loudly it was it was really hard to deal with and watching that affect my girl that was hard again as well anyway So that's how life looked in the early days. I remember if anyone called, it was either I had to sit in the car in the garage or um, I would be behind a door, the door closed, and then both of them screaming and pounding on the back of the door. It was at this point that uh, we managed to get them a place in daycare. And I had a bit of a break then. But yeah, early intervention would have started at four and five years old. I think getting in and getting diagnosed these days is very different and it's really hard to get into providers, but we're actually really blessed in those beginning days. I had worked as a home and community care worker. So I had, um, I think over 20 families and I worked with mostly kids with autism. So I actually had the inside behind the scenes expectations, I suppose. So not the textbook. They don't look at you in the eyes. They do this, they do this, they do this. I actually got to see how it looked at home. And surprisingly, that really did help. But also through that, I had a couple of families and I was able to use their contacts and they called in favors for me. So my boy was actually diagnosed in six weeks, which is unheard of these days. Can't remember for my girl, but it's easier with the second one when you go through the same providers and pediatricians. Where was I going with this? Once they were both diagnosed, we were doing early intervention therapy, which I must have started with my boy first because there was a good two-year gap in between being diagnosed. I don't remember. I think I blocked out a good deal of those years. But, yeah, we had really good therapists from the get-go and they understood that sensory processing, which I will do a separate podcast on that, but from working with those OTs and the speeches, I picked up so many strategies that we're able to use at home, but I was able to also bring that into business with my, well, I actually didn't have a design background. That's growing with the business and over these 10 years as well. So now I design resources 
for routines, emotional regulation, sensory processing, those, you know, big areas of living with autism and ADHD and being able to manage this. So putting these into resources that we've tested and tried over the last 10 years that can now help other families. So I guess that's my why and why I'm here and why I'm prattling on to you all to really give you tools and strategies if you're going through what I've been through over the last 10 years to really help you cope and be happy and calm at home, yeah, and actually enjoy your life because it is possible to enjoy your life with ASD and the screaming and the meltdowns and however that looks for you. It just takes time and effort, yeah. And if I had have known now, or sorry, if I had have known back then, 10 years ago, what I know now, I think I would have parented very differently as far as my own personal hopes and expectations and energy levels as well. So where I would have put my energy and focus versus just trying to get through every single day. Yeah. I remember back, we must have been seeing OT and speech at the time. Whoever introduced us to uh, routines, because I, you know, as a parent, you're not taught any of this stuff. And, you know, you don't have to be a parent or a teacher or a Sorry, no, I will go back to parents, parents of kids with additional needs. You can use these skills if you are in the classroom teaching, if you're in therapy as well. But going back to the routines. So I remember way back we had picture strips for my girl. For whatever reason, my boy didn't respond to routines and picture strips. And uh, sorry, he did respond to routines, but not in the form of picture strips and visual schedules, whereas my girl did. So my girl would rely on them to the point of, so we'd have the picture strip of, say, getting dressed in the morning. So it would be socks, undies, singlet, skirt, whatever order we chose to get dressed in, yeah? But the picture strip was pinned to the TV cabinet and her clothes I had to lay out on the floor all the way across the carpet in the order to match the picture strips. Yeah. And that's just how she worked. And if I mixed up, so if the picture strips was socks, undie, singlet, and I did say singlet, undie, socks, she would stand there and look at it like a tin soldier. There was a lot of tin soldiers going on with this. So I didn't say before, Miss has selective mutism. So for her, when she's not coping, she completely shuts down both verbally, um, her face is very deadpan as well, and her body is just in soldier, like straight up and down, no movement. And that girl has got a good glare on her. But yeah, that routines, picture strips, visual schedules to her meant the world. It meant how she was going to cope and get started in the morning. So it's really interesting to see how different kids respond to these as well. And something to keep in mind that this is my experience, strategies that have worked or not worked for us with two kids. It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for your kid and or you may just need to do it in a different way. Yeah. And look, same for any family. What works for one isn't necessarily going to work for another. Letter Basics, which is the my own personal brand, so Little Wooden Toy Box is the company. Letter Basics is the brand of all the printables that we do. So that started way back when we were working with OTs. And I actually, my best friend kept hassling me to write name 
handwriting guides, so personalized handwriting guides so kids could learn to write their name. Took me forever to do it, probably took me two years. And then that was our very first product and absolutely took off. But when we were with the OT, we had photocopied sheets. And you know when a sheet is black and white and has been photocopied, 10 to 20 times and it's got all those lines over it and it's super ugly so that's what we were given to work on from the ot's as far as oh look fine motor skills of some sort again i'll go into that in a different episode but yeah it was from these that the whole letter basics range started and i had no graphic design experience back in the day and yeah, so that is what I do every day now. Absolutely love it. And if you look at our resources, so much energy. It's not just the design where all the energy has gone in, but the behind the scenes, like we've lived this out and then put it all into our resources to hopefully help you. But they're pretty, they're bright and colorful and pretty. And they, they took off by accident way back when we were uh, selling wooden toys. So I think we finished that about five years ago. Um, we had a whole party plan style business with five staff and 80 reps Australia-wide, I think. But anyway, we are just Letter Basics and Little Wooden Toy Box now. Have a look at the resources. And then another thing I've moved into more recently is that it's all good and well having your routines for your kids and your visual schedules and having your kids organized. But if you aren't organized as a parent or as a family, everything goes to poo pretty quickly. I really struggled with this this year with my girl starting high school and then two teenagers with their own schedules and then my schedule and then work and being a single mum as well there's just me and taxi driving and everything else so yes having a so I've moved into that space as well with planning and organization for parents and families and addressing that mindset work too which again I will go through in a different episode I'm going to finish it there for now because anything else I start is going to take me another however long. I hope you have enjoyed it and I hope you come on board and listen and journey with me as I, yeah, go through our last 10 years. Okay, I will talk to you soon. Bye.